everybody, C-Note here, and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like a monkey, flinging poop everywhere. Today on the show, I have Molly of the Darling Rage with me, talking about false affirmations. Uh, what is a false affirmation versus a real affirmation? And we talk a little bit about false negatives as well, assumptions, and looking at it from the approach of thinking versus feeling, and how to work through things. You know, Molly's more of the type that will take time to work through affirmations, like literally block out a part of her day to you to do that. And I'm someone who is trying to use it throughout my day, uh, as I go through life and such. So, um, with that, we're going to hit the button and do the thing. Stick around. We've got a good 25 minutes of wonderful, delicious, sexy madness. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today we're going to talk about false affirmations and I've got my dear love Molly with me because (laughs) because it's been a while since we've done a show together and um, I've been wanting to do shows with her but I'm kind of working through my own shit so... um, (laughs) Aren't we all? Yeah, so I figure it's a it's a good time to have her on, because I, I want to have her on more often, as we've been playing with this idea of doing more podcasts together and doing our own show eventually, so let us know if you like what you hear. But um, false affirmations, so like you, you, <laughs> you told me that there was like an interview that you, it wasn't like somebody you were talking to recently that said something about false affirmations that really stuck out to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was so I was actually on like a Facebook Live with a good friend of mine, Jessica Ely, and then Emily Williams of the Creative Collective. And Jessica Ely is like a mindset coach, and she was talking about a lot of stuff. And one of the things that really stuck with me is that she was like. You know, we haven't, we're living in this world of like positivity and affirmations and like think positive and mm-hmm. get through it. And, right. But we also have like this other side of like real mental health and negative emotions that you have to work through. So she was like, if you've got shit that you're working through, you can't just affirmation your way out of it. Like right. you need to work through that shit. Yeah. So stop it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I think for those dealing with mental illness, like, that kind of comes natural to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes more often than others. For me, when I'm in mania is really the only time that that gets away from me. When I start to forget that there's, like, real-life bad stuff going on, and I just focus on all the good, and mm-hmm. by the time the bad catches up to me, it's like this this snowball that's been building up over time and I've just been ignoring it and I'm like don't worry about it it's yeah. it's it's just gonna it's just it's just the snowball in the hill it's not gonna hit me and then it hits you and you're like god damn it <laughs> well, that's why I have like entire days that I have to dedicate to crying because right. I have not yet figured out the balance of just letting emotions be and right. like flow through me right whereas I should be you know learning to just cry in the moment if there's something that's happening if i'm angry or sad or whatever but i'll like bottle it up and be like it's fine right (laughs) 
And then well, I have a Thursday when I'm like, you need to leave the apartment because I need to cry for five hours. Right. Yeah, <laughs> totally true. And, you know, it's an interesting balance. Because, and the reason that I want to continue to do, like, podcast episodes with you is that, like, we have a ton of overlap, but there's this interesting dichotomy that you're more of a feeler and crier. And not just because you're a woman. But like you, you, you <laughs> or because I'm a feeling type. But because you're a feeling type, and you're and you're someone that wants to work through emotions, and I'm not really that type of person. I have to kind of work through things um, logically. So I have to think about like I have to think about how I feel in the scope of the reality that's around me. Mm. So when I'm I, I'm already like not. And, and the reason that you're perfect to, like, have on for this discussion is, like, uh, I, I already live in this world where I find false affirmations to be, like, like bullshit, bullshit and, <laughs> and gross, and I see blanket statements, and I'm like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, it's really it, interesting. And it's interesting because, like, yeah, and we'll get back to what you just said, because that's mm-hmm. really good, too, because we're totally different personality types with mm-hmm. some good overlap, but... right. I think it's an interesting dichotomy because I'm the type of person who uses affirmations. Right. And I think that affirmations are actually, uh, can be a real positive thing, but it's all about context, right? So, like, if I'm using affirmations for me in a healthy way that looks like I'm paying attention to what my inner dialogue is doing, and if it's something negative, and I'm saying a lot of things to myself that I wouldn't even say to you or my best friend, like, that's when I need to start using affirmations to, like, flip the script. Right. But if I'm using affirmations to, like, hide feelings and there's not a flow happening, then they can be really a block, like, and a super negative thing. Because feelings aren't, like, we attach these things to feelings, like, they're positive and negative, and really, they're just, they just are. Right. So, like, anger just is. Right. And you just have to go through it. It's like feelings are like a train going through a tunnel, like, the only way to get through it is to get through it. Right. And not attach these <laughs> negative or positive connotations to it, like they just are. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I thought of, which is like an extreme example, is like when I see people post articles about like um, stating reasons why like people with brown hair are more intelligent. <laughs> like someone with blue eyes is like the smartest person in the room, or something like that. Like. That's an extreme example of, like, false affirmations of, like, finding something to just, like, make yourself feel good mm-hmm. and making a loose attachment to something. And it's kind of taking it in another direction. But yeah. that's what I thought of when you started talking, not not with what you were actually, like, referring to, but but uh, just, like, I made a loose connection to that. <laughs> and I thought that's it was really interesting. interesting that, like, you think about affirmations in that way. Because when you were starting to talk about it, I was like, what the how does that even have to do with well, affirmations? Well, no, I mean, you know, I, I do practice gratitude and I do practice affirmations for myself uh-huh. uh, occasionally. Um, but I think of the, ex- like, taking it to that extreme. Because, mm-hmm. like, that extreme is what I see. It's not what I think of immediately, mm-hmm. but occasionally I see that. And I think that is more indicative of the immature experience of affirmations. Right, yeah. like, that doesn't even seem like, to me, that doesn't even sound like affirmations. That sounds like false positivity. Like, yes. to me, positivity and affirmations are, like, two different things. And they both have gotten a bad rap. But, like, affirmations, to me, an affirmation would be, like, 
se- like positive self talk or whatever, right. but not in a shallow way, like you're saying. Well, yeah, because it's 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 shallow in the sense that it's not even about you. When someone posts something like that or writes an article like that, mm-hmm. that says like, you know someone with stubby legs is greater than another person. There's like another, there's an elitism aspect to it as well. And it's about comparing yourself externally as opposed to lifting yourself up internally. So I think it's important while it's crazy and it's an extreme and an obvious sign of uh, someone who's immaturely using that. um, I think it's important for, uh, for, for contrast to Mm -hmm. talk about that because I think sometimes we can take for granted uh, as podcast hosts or people who are have gone through some shit you know we we can sometimes take for granted we're that we're on this this that we have this kind of quote-unquote understanding and I'm trying to be careful to like not sound elitist by saying this (laughs) but but that I think most people that can agree who have have done some semblance of growth that there is a there's a maturity separation between just making loose assertions to make yourself feel better for temporarily versus genuine affirmations and acknowledgments of the reality of your accomplishments who you are as a person uh, what you provide to the world or yourself or your family or Mm -hmm. you know how you are as a person versus just grasping at something yeah, it's like the difference between external performance versus like internal, all the internal dialogue. And, and the reason that it sometimes sounds elitist is because we're on a different level because we've done hard work yes. <laughs> like internally and not everyone is willing to do difficult internal hard work. Like the only reason that affirmations work for me is because I'm taking the time to dig through all of the shit right. that I've like learned from negative situations and identifying those things, even though it's painful and I'm like touching on nerves. So it's like me digging down into myself and being like, why am I calling myself selfish in a negative way? Oh, it's because this one person said this to me and I've like carried it as internal dialogue. So I'm literally going in internally. It has nothing to do with external or any, like right. anything that I'm showing on the outside it only shows on the outside because I'm doing this dirty internal work and then I'm flipping the script with an affirmation. Right. But the only way that you can flip the script in a way that it works is that you're in the shit. Right. <laughs> like, going through the negative emotions or the emotions. Whatever. Yeah, it's, it's kind of another, another way of referencing, like, actual personal growth versus pseudo-growth. Mm-hmm. Pseudo-growth being when you're, like just repeating things when you know the terminology and you're just saying it the whole kind of fake it till you make it kind of thing mm-hmm. where you're just like reciting stuff and you're not actually learning about the core meat of something I, I honestly feel like when you're learning anything that that you can that it, that if you understand it enough you can reduce it down to its core tenets and then you can apply language on top of it if you want to connect with people mm-hmm. language is a means to connect with people but the the understanding the concepts and being able to apply it to yourself and speak to yourself and be able to help yourself grow is a completely different thing mm-hmm. than just sharing pictures with inspirational words on them. Yeah, well, I can't remember who said this, but it's one of my favorite quotes. It's like, you're not going to learn anything if you're not willing to look a mess. Right. Like, the only way that actual learning process happens is if you're kind of like, fuck 
tough mess <laughs> and leaning into that yeah. because it's the same with like if you're learning a new skill or a way of making something or whatever it's gonna be if you're actually making progress you're gonna look messy right. it's like when kids are learning in childhood development when kids are learning to read they actually go through a negative process once right. they actually start learning that it looks like their reading skill is actually declining right and that goes on for like six months until suddenly like everything clicks and it right. makes sense but it's because they're going through this developmental process right of actually synthesizing information yeah growth is hard it, <laughs> It, it hurts. It's painful. You're going to go into some weird territories. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think about, like, movie plots a lot. And there's a reason why, you know, there's a cliche hero's journey trope is because it's indicative of the hero experience, the, the human experience mm -hmm. of, you know, starting out in a... Like, I, I think of, like, video games or Jackie Chan movies where, like, when he starts out, he's in a good place... But then he has everything stripped from him, whether it's like his family or his home or something gets completely stripped from him and he has to essentially start from the bottom. Mm -hmm. He already has some talent and some skills, but he's learning his way back up to the top. Mm -hmm. And in order to really, when at the end of the day, he's in a better place than when he started. Mm -hmm. But in order to get there, you have to kind of go through the mud. You have to go, yeah. you have to travel Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah, well, and there's a total aspect of, like, humility with that, too. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be willing to kind of put yourself in a lower position in order right. to get back up right. to the top or whatever. Yeah. So, like, false affirmations just kind of cover that up. Like, right. you're not really going through the process. And the way that you can tell if someone's actually mature and using affirmations in a real way or not is, like, apply some stress to their life. <laughs> Right. Because whatever's going on in the core is going to come out. Right. Yeah, real shit comes out when you apply any kind of stress. Mm -hmm. You know, because you could totally see them just putting on a mask, and the mask doesn't come with any real skill. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's just a cover-up. <laughs> yeah, it's just paper. <laughs> it's just paper, and it's going to wither at the first sign of anything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the humility aspect is really interesting, too, because uh, humility comes with... Kind of, and humility and that whole process of like digging through the dirt really involves stripping away those external voices like mm -hmm. all of the people that have been telling you that you belong in this place or that you need to just play it safe and be in this space or to pull back or don't go for anything or don't do whatever and in order to I, I've found the commonality of going through that journey is like people come out the other side typically feeling like they kind of care less about certain opinions. Mm -hmm. but I think they can still take value in what people have to offer and say informationally. That's, again, kind of being humble in the sense that you're still open to ideas and open to things, mm -hmm. but you're not letting other people control your life. You're mm -hmm. not letting other people make those decisions for you. Uh, which I think is a, a big change that seems to be a, a common human experience. Yeah, it's like anchoring yourself in something, whether it's your own intuition or identity or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then, like, when you're the ship on the waves, so to speak, you're not getting tossed back and forth. Like, 
you're able to be anchored to whatever it is that you know about yourself and that you know is true and that you can be like, yeah, thanks for your feedback, but no thank you. (laughs) I don't need that. That's not going to work for me. Like maybe it works for you, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't work for me. And there's a confidence that comes from that anchoring in who you are um, that only comes from that journey and that self-work. Right. Because again, there's a difference between just telling yourself that you're great and actually believing it. Yeah, and I think that's the main difference between false affirmations and the real ones, is that you're, if you're using affirmations to actually challenge core beliefs that are limiting, then it's going to be, number one, painful as hell. (laughs) But number two, it's going to change, like, the way you see yourself. Because you can say, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, over and over again. But if you don't feel that because your core subconscious doesn't believe it, then it doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Yeah, would you you say that, um, because you're, you're someone who practices after affirmations meaning you take time to do it mm-hmm. i kind of try to weave it into my day mm-hmm. but i know that there are other people who do that as well like when they try to make it a block of their day or like in the morning or yeah. before bed or something like that would you say that part of that can include asking yourself a question to respond as an affirmation as opposed to just saying a statement like i'm great but like asking you know, uh, something related to that that leads to that answer? Yeah, and like, it's not that I'm asking myself a question every single day, but I have at some point. Mm -hmm. So I have like this list of affirmations, but they're all very specific. And they all came from a process of asking myself questions. So like Mm -hmm. maybe one of my affirmations is, I'm brave and I have everything that I need to attack whatever I have coming at me today or Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. but that came from a process of me digging into understanding and exploring why I feel so afraid right like so I went down deep into that process and like why I have all these reactions and then each of my affirmations is very specifically addressing a different belief like core limiting belief that I'm trying to change right so I'm literally using affirmations as a tool to rewire my neural pathways if yeah, that makes sense. No, so totally. it's like an exercise every morning do for you, my brain. <laughs> do you find yourself getting specific at all with, um, so when you say something like, I have the tools that I need to move forward, are you listing those out? Like, what would examples of that look like? Mm, it really depends on whatever thing it is that I am uh, attacking. Like, for example, I'm going through this course called The Artist's Way, like recovering your creative identity and um, one of the things that I feel like I'm building up more and more is trusting myself and my own intuition. So it becomes more nuanced and specific the more that I'm thinking about specific things. Right. So when I'm talking about like my art making practice, that's probably like the strongest part of my identity. Right. And now I'm starting to weave in other pieces that don't feel as strong. like myself as a woman and myself as a mother like those are all different identities that i'm trying to use specific affirmations to like strengthen and i I think it's it's important and the reason i asked specifically is because like you you have things that are specific to you they may Mm -hmm. sound general to other people particularly especially other women Mm -hmm. in reference to like womanhood and being a mother and uh uh, being a creative person etc um but it, it is going to look 
a little bit different for different people. You yeah. know, some people may use that, for instance, like motherhood might be like serving others, you know, their family or their community or whatever may be more important to them as a part of their affirmations versus self-identity. Mm-hmm. Not to say one is better than the other because it isn't. It's right. about difference. Um, so I think it's certainly important to to travel that journey on your own mm-hmm. to find out what how that affirmation or how those affirmations uh, are unique to you. And, and that's really kind of the core of what we're saying, right? Is mm-hmm. like um, false affirmations is just repeating what someone else is saying. But when you start to dive deep into how it works for you, you start to redefine it a little bit. Even if it kind of looks like the same as the first affirmation that you were just reciting, mm-hmm. it can be a little bit different and you have a deep, you have deeper roots planted mm-hmm. within it because it's maybe more specific to you yeah. versus like a love of community or something like that. Yeah, and like a specific example of that is me working through my personal brand of motherhood and what it looks like in this life season because it doesn't look the same as what it looked like before. So because I specifically don't have my kids with me every single day, that can be painful because of the fact that I assume that people are thinking poorly of me. So that's a neural pathway that I'm changing. So I'll affirm myself about the fact that I'm the perfect mom for my kids and that this situation is the best for everybody and that because I'm following my intuition, I'm modeling for them what that looks like and all of these things. That's like all part of my work yeah. that I'm doing. I, I think it's important as a means to combat negative assumptions, uh-huh. you know, because while it, it can be hard because in the moment we may not feel like we have proof for the affirmation that we're giving ourselves right you know so sometimes using that affirmation as a means to at least nullify the negative Mm -hmm. meaning the negative assumption not the actual negative i think there's also a difference just because you you you, just as you would not want to get a false positive Mm -hmm. i would think it would be just as important to not live within false negatives as well yeah And so I think thinking about that, because that made me think of like the part of fake it till you make it that's actually helpful Mm -hmm. is that I can't be, although I have to feel the emotions that are flowing through me, I also have to be careful not to stay in a place where I'm stuck in negativity. So part of my affirmations process, specifically with like motherhood and all that stuff, is just accepting things as they are, too. So it's almost like a mantra of being like, I'm doing the best I can, given all of the information and given all the things that are happening. And that doesn't mean that anything is perfect. There's still a lot of shit. But that affirms the fact that I'm literally doing my best. And I've got to be content with that. And that's okay. Right. Like, so self-acceptance in the face of, like, adversity. Yeah, you know, I honestly feel like filling in those buckets and understanding false negatives versus actual negatives, false positives versus actual positives, mm-hmm. like understanding the overlap of those <clears throat> and like canceling things out or working through that process and act- finding the actual meat and affirmations, even if they're little things, can mm-hmm. give you that strength to move forward. So mm-hmm. like, you know, it could be really interesting <clears throat> to... And maybe for the people who are a little bit more like practical note taker types <laughs> to like, you know, kind of play with a matrix of using that negative, like 
false negatives, positive negatives, like which is a total weird thing to say, but probably like, makes more sense if you're more of a math type of person. Right, right. <laughs> so it's it's more of a data set kind of thinking, which fits me, and yeah. maybe some like some some TJ types if you're uh, if you know your Myers Briggs type, um, <laughs> to look at false negatives, actual negatives, meaning actual challenges, you know, maybe challenges is another way to put it, you mm -hmm. know, false negatives or assumptions, challenges, and then think about false affirmations, things that you're just telling yourself, even though you don't have a connection point to it. Mm -hmm. And then actual affirmations, things that you can somewhat quantify or say that these are things that are going well, that I'm working towards. And, and, you know, from there, start to formulate where the next steps are. Mm -hmm. This is where I am. It's almost like a like a <laughs> reality matrix. <laughs> you know, you're looking at the scope of things, you're canceling things out that are assumptions that aren't, dare I say, real, mm -hmm. and um, starting to look at the actual picture so that you can pave a path forward, mm -hmm. if that all makes sense. Yeah, and I think for feeling types too, it is important to like feel those feelings and figure that stuff out. Like what makes sense for you is does something feel negative because it's an actual negative for you right. or is it because other people think it's negative and yeah. how much does that matter to you? Like you have to figure that out. Like right. for me, I had to work out what things were assumptions that I was making in my own mind about people and whether it's true or not, does it actually matter that much to me to right. worry about it? So you kind of have to go through your own process of logic, too. It helps to have a thinking type around because right. <laughs> that, like, balances out. Well, you balance me out to help with that, but... Well, and I was going to say also, like, because some people are going to feel more naturally inclined to check with people mm. uh, to confirm whether or not something they're feeling or thinking is going to be uh, the right direction. But I think what is important in that is who, you know, right. because we use generalities all the time. We say people, you know, checking with people, external sources, outside sources. Sometimes you can't help but sometimes check with outside sources. But who is going to be like a million times more important than just taking information from anywhere mm -hmm. because like some random dude on the internet's going to tell you something different than your mom <laughs> right well and your mom might your relationship with your mom might be good and it also might be rocky too so right. i think it's also important especially as like a recovering hardcore people pleaser to use other like external elements and people and conversations to help you sift through that information but at the end of the end of the day it's your life and you're responsible for it. Right. So, like, you have to figure out what's good for you. And for a lot of people, that might be really hard. Mm -hmm. Just the process of being honest with yourself right. can take, like, months. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, what do I actually want? What do I actually want? And how right. does that work in the context of, like, the ecosystem that I'm a part of? Right. So... Word. You gotta take responsibility for your own life, friends. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that is, like, a core of a lot of the things that we talk about on this show. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's good to have... It's actually, it's been really nice to not just talk for 25 minutes straight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Which is was like a weird thing to get adjusted to. Um, but I like it. I think it's good. And I like that we naturally get to a place where we start talking about thinking and feeling perspectives. Uh -huh. So, you know, if you guys find that interesting, um, let me know. 
Um, I already find it interesting, so I think it's something that we'll probably continue to do. Yeah, let's do more of this. Uh, yeah, Fun. we'll absolutely do it. So we're gonna we're gonna. I think this is a good place to wrap up, um, and um, just kind of let you guys know a little bit of what's going on. So Molly has her own podcast uh, called. Uh, Dar the Darling Rage podcast, is that still what it's called? Yeah, that's still what it's <laughs> called, because my website is The Darling Rage, and you can find me on Instagram as The Darling Rage, it's all the same. Is, so. is there a URL shortcut for The Darling Rage podcast, or is it just anchor.fm slash... Yeah. Is it Darling Rage or The Darling Rage? The Darling Rage. Anchor.fm slash The Darling Rage. Um, you can also check out Dopamine on Patreon, patreon.com slash dopamine, and go to cnote.media to check out the courses that I have. I have a, a free Myers-Briggs course, if that's something you are interested in. It, it is, is so good, you guys. <laughs> it's a few hours of me just talking, so if you like my voice, you know, we can <laughs> hang out for a little bit. Uh, there's also a podcast course and an advanced course. I just started an INFJ course. If you are an INFJ listening to this, go check that out. So uh, I think that's it. Any, any other sage-wise words of wisdom before we impart? I was going to try to think of other W things. <laughs> uh, I mean, my closer is always just rage on, darlings. So rage on. <laughs> Perfect. Have a dope day. <laughs> Bye. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets, all that and much more. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca wherever you get your podcasts. Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also, while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is Christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later. Dopamine.